Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen and Life Coach Joel Elston here. Today is Thursday, June the 14th, 8 a.m. Eastern Time, your first daily dose of happy for the day. We hope you're off to a good start. We know we are. We're off to a great start here. Uh, in fact, this week, I mean, I, I haven't talked about the weather much this week, which I usually do, but the weather's been gorgeous. I mean, absolutely gorgeous. Temps in the high, mid to high 70s, not humid most days. You know, all the rains take place during the evening. It's been idyllic. It's been great. I mean, this is a, I thought the spring was going to be a washout, but the spring's turned into something wonderful, Joel. That's awesome. We, we've had uh, uh, unusual weather uh, this year. The, the last week or so, as you're saying, has been really good here. Um, the, the difference between your location and my location is uh, we're blessed with the sort of the, the sauna effect of all the humidity. <laughs> That's um, right. This is true. So, uh, it, you know, yeah, so it, it, it certainly is. Uh, uh, that, that doesn't make a difference. But we're, we're, we're in good shape. Uh, things are wonderful right now. Uh, Loving, loving again the something about summer. Uh, I know it's all about perspective, uh, and I, I and this will shock our audience. I'm, I pretty much love every season, but there's <laughs> something about summer that has has this perspective in it. it. It seems to have the average person has less stress. It seems that even though it's just another day, there's something about summer that's a little more carefree uh, that that in, in the way other people are behaving, and I love that. Oh, yeah. I mean, songwriters write about it. Poets write about it. I mean, how many songs are written about how idyllic and lazy and comfortable and relaxed summer is, you know? It's it's like the favorite season, I think, for most people. So not surprising at all that it's 20 years, I can say that. And plus, you've got yeah. uh, you've got excitement going on in your family because your adoptive son is graduating from fifth grade today. So that's fantastic. Yes. Yes. We had a graduation ceremony the other night, and, and I will, uh, you know, a very surprised the 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 coolest thing in the end you know at all that he received the the most improved student and it's sort of the highest award that uh, they offer in fifth grade uh, he, he was shocked I was shocked that he received it he's worked very hard to get that uh, so it was a, a you know great great moment in his life to see the progress that he's made so that's one of the 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 big victories of this week is his celebrating his uh, most improved student award. That is fantastic, and of course, uh, we know because of who you are and and you know what you talk about here on the podcast and so forth, just how big you are in helping uh, young men in particular to turn their lives around and you know change their inner dialogues and understand the law of attraction and and basically make all the changes they make they need to make in order to become successful. There's a great example. Your 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 adoptive son just turned himself around and and is immensely successful in, in less than a year you just adopted him what six months ago something like that Phil, the adoption was legal six months ago he's been in my house now for about a year and a half and yeah. and uh and, and and that that leads right into you know with our topic today and i i, I believe that that we've talked so much about this in a really good way of uh this is such a an incredible uh opportunity mentally to Look at yourself. Look at your life, and get to choose your direction. In his case, I mean, he was. I adopted him from foster care. Uh, he, he's just really uh, thrived, and and we had we've had the conversation along the way. I said, you've had two lives. Uh, one had a lot of struggle and not a lot of great things happen. I said, you have an abundance and a wonderful life now, and you both lives are your option, and you get to choose which one is your life. And that is, uh, 
uh, that's all of our choices. We get to choose the perspective of how we view things, the lens of how we look at things, and the term, uh, you know, often you, we, we as, I don't understand why, but, but a lot of times as humans, we get into this mindset of just self-defeating, awfulizing. I can focus on all the bad things and that invites more bad things. And so you're in control of the dialogue that dictates how you view things. And that is a great gift in my mind. I think so too. Isn't it also true, don't you think, that the the large majority, I was going to say vast majority, and that may actually be true, but I'll say the large majority of people don't realize how often they are, in effect, losing control of their own inner dialogue. That they just, you know, they kind of right. go by default. Isn't that like the normal pattern? Right. Yes, yes. And, it, and, and again, it, it gets into that you know, one of one of the topics that we've touched on uh, that that is just such a an amazing phenomenon in my mind is is the the the, the concept of sort of societal leaning toward the awfulization or even whether it's traditional therapy that that stresses it, nothing's your fault because it's trauma and 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 you you're you're you can you can remain depressed because it's a trauma based situation and. And there's no suggestion that you can rise above that. And your inner dialogue, um, it, it, it drives that. And, and one of the questions that somebody asked me uh, while I was doing a, a small talk uh, this last week with, uh, you know, there's about 30 people at a, just sort of a little talk I was giving. And one of the gentlemen there, he's an older gentleman, he said, you know, he's, and he was, you know, just made a great point. He said, you know, after World War II, uh, the, the, our country had potentially the most traumatic event that ever had taken place. I mean, we were at risk of being defeated, and uh, probably the, the last time we were really at risk of being defeated, uh, you know, when, when they bombed Pearl Harbor. But yet, and we lost a bunch of people, and there was a lot of trauma attached to that. But the, that generation wasn't traumatized because their perspective of they say they, they viewed it as while we did have a lot of stuff go on we saved our country. And so their perspective or their inner dialogue was not one of trauma, it was one of victory uh, versus a sold concept now of, of everything as a trauma. And, and you know, the, this, this is getting a lot of pushback, but that inner dialogue dictates whether something is a trauma or it dictates whether this is a victory. And, and no one can tell you which way you do that. And to me, that is just what makes the that excites me. That's what the law of attraction is about to me. No one gets to tell me how I view things. Mm. No one except me. Except you, right. And that's really the key. Yeah. And I don't think we mean to minimize trauma because trauma is traumatic. I mean, it's pretty bad stuff. The real question is, how are you going to deal with it? I mean, once it happens, right. are we going to live in it or are we going to change from it? How are we going to react to it? Those are all things we get to control. We can't necessarily yeah. control the fact that the trauma happened, but we can certainly control how we're going to respond to it. And, and that, and that Walt is, is that's what sometimes the moment that I get on that subject, I often will have pushback of, Oh, you're minimalizing trauma or you're, you're about the, you know, just, just not, no, that's not it at all. Trauma is real. Trust me. I know trauma. I well, live trauma. I understand trauma and, and I understand I'm in charge of how I respond to it. When, when I have experienced, in my opinion, the most severe trauma a human can imagine is losing a child 
to an accident and in death. Uh, that is the human's condition was never me meant to deal with that. That was never something that was supposed to happen. So the fact that happened to me, and I, I will tell you, there was nothing for a few days that would console me. It was absolutely horrible. And it was, you know, truly a, a bad day, a, the worst day of my life. Mm. However, my response to that day, I knew was in my control. How I responded to that day was my, my responsibility. I could be defeated by this, or I could, again, I don't even believe I was strengthened by it. I had the ability to accept what happened, move on and view and, and control my perspective of it. And that's what allowed me to, to, and, you know, they say, well, you know, you're able to move on from that. You can't move on from that, but I just accepted it as, as this is what's happened. I could, I'm not going to be defeated by it. My son would re be furious with me for, for being defeated by it. Uh, I, I, he would expect a lot more from me than that. And I live that way. I, I'm grateful for his presence in my life. That that's the driving factor that, that gets me going. So I'm using that as an example. And, and I'm not critical of anyone who, who you have to do this your own way, but I do believe there's a, a you know, that there is a message of uh, one of the, the, the papers I'm working on right now is, is, you know, post-traumatic growth is, is a real thing where everybody talks about post-traumatic stress syndrome. And that's a real thing too. But I, I think your inner dialogue determines what happens after the post-traumatic stress. It, that's not the end of it. It's like, that isn't something that has to stay with you. And that's the beauty here, Walt. And, and that's the part of the, the law of attraction, that, again, that, that it, it emanates from within us. We're in control. And that goes against uh, the, the, a lot of the teachings or the beliefs of a, a lot of people that, you know, we're, we're sort of uh, at, at the will of everything at this point. We, we have to uh, sort of succumb to what, what life brings to us. And that's, and that's not my belief. It, it's, I'm in charge of my perspective. That is the most empowering statement that I've ever taught myself or, or come to believe it empowered me more than I, I ever could imagine. And, and that is, that's awesome. That's, that's just, it makes my day. So, so what's the difference between someone who is just dealing with trauma and is going to come out of it and someone who gets stuck in it? Like where, where's, where's the difference in the thought process? Well, you know, it, I think that that's sort of the ongoing what what happens. And, you know, I think that's what we have to find out. I, um, you know, I I view it that it, it it isn't about a person being wrong. It's just not understanding. It's accepting that I am at I am the victim of what happened. And there's there's two things that there's two separate things. There is. When someone victimizes you, that's a real thing. It really is. And the failure to understand or the inability to be told or whatever happens in the process, that remaining a victim, that becomes the, the gray area. That becomes the part of, wait a minute, I don't have to continue to be victimized by this. And that, that I think, is where a lot of people get stuck in. They, they can't accept uh, you know, one of the, one of the beliefs I use sort of an addiction is a, a, a sort of an analogy here. One of the things that happens with uh, addictive behavior or addictive life, you know, the addiction diagnosis, is there is an sort of a, a code 
or a diagnostic diagnostic belief that once you're an addict, you're always an addict. You will always be an addict. Uh, that is accepted in you know up and down the you know the spectrum of belief and addiction. Well, you know that 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 is some, there is no cure for addiction, is what they say. Uh, that you will always be an addict, and I accept the fact that our tendencies to do destructive behavior and addiction never leave. But is, does that mean someone's always an addict? I have not placed a bet in over 23 years. Um, I have, uh, I, I've turned my life around. I have an incredible life. I had an addiction to gambling. Does that mean that I'm still an addict? Or does that mean that I'm someone who has found recovery from addiction or remission from addiction? And to me, you're talking semantics. But I think we can apply it back to the same thing with the victim situation, the trauma situation. Trauma happens, but we don't have to remain traumatized. And that is that that learn resilience. And I think that if that, that that's what I do with the people that I work with is learned resilience. Learned resilience has to do with the inner dialogue. So let's tie the inner dialogue piece in. What how what do you change? How if you're if you're in a stuck place, so to speak, you're stuck on a trauma of some kind, how do you change the inner dialogue? Okay, you, you, you pick your trauma and you, you look at it. You say, okay, here, here's what happened. The death of a loved one, uh, someone you know, physically assaulted or sexually abused you or something along those ways. You, you look at that and, and you, 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 you accept this has happened. This has gone on. I've... I, I look at that. Now, what am I going to do with that? That becomes that inner dialogue. Am I going to get up the next day? Am I going to move forward? Or am I going to lie in bed? And I want to keep thinking about the negative, the negative stuff that's happened. You know, one of the, one of that, one of the processes I use is, is what is the next step forward? In fact, this is sort of the difference between when I describe people, what I do, what, what is different from coaching than traditional therapy? And coaching t is more about today forward. It is about here's where we're at today. I'm going to be, we're going to be on this planet for an average of what is it? 78 point something years. And during that period of time, am I going to allow one event that happened dictate my thought or my view of the world for the rest of my life? Or am I going to put a period behind that and accept today forward is what I got to go on. It's about, I'm going to live about today forward. And that's, that becomes, a, in my, again, it's about reframing what has happened, reframing trauma to say, I am not what happened to me. I am not that. I am no, I'm no longer that. I, I am going to use that to propel myself forward. One of the things that I find amazing for a lot of people is, is, uh, Men and women, they get divorced. You know, they, they, the, one of the first things they do is they hit the gym and, and they start losing <laughs> weight and they, they start, they, they start, you know, uh, socializing. They, they, they work on themselves. They do a lot of self care because they want to, well, you know, they lost their, their relationships so and now they want to get them. So they know they have to improve their appearance, improve their attitude to move forward. And I find that like, well, okay, well, that's great. Why didn't we do that before? Mm. Um, <laughs> Where was where was that before? But again, that is that is post traumatic growth at that point. 
Post-traumatic growth, it's a fascinating concept. And I mean, you mentioned uh, a few times now, you mentioned traditional therapy, which you have a, a particularly unique perspective on because you were both a life coach and a certified therapist. You're a licensed therapist. And, and yes. you know, th that makes you kind of a rare bird. There, there aren't too many people who cross over like that. You're one of the few who does that. So that, I mean, that perspective well, now, is... And, and I, no, go ahead. Finish. One of the things I want to be really, really clear about, because I, I never want people to make sure I'm misrepresenting... I've chosen, I could be either one. I've chosen, you can't pursue both. I mean, if I were, if I were to maintain a license in therapy, I would have to, uh, uh, I would have to follow what my training in, in licensed therapy. I'm a, a life coach by choice. Does that make sense? Oh, okay. So you, you basically, you, you were in the traditional therapeutic circles, but you've kind of moved away from that. I'm, I'm not sure if I'm interpreting right, that. Right, right. Yes. It, Yes, yes. Just because if I were if I were trying to do life coaching with a traditional license, then that would technically be malpractice on some level. Uh -huh. So what okay. I've done is is if said I, I I'm foregoing the traditional licensing process because I I believe more in the coaching process. But I I could do either, and I choose the coaching. I see. Okay, that's really interesting because what that implies yeah. is that the licensing process basically foregoes life coaching. Well, yes, it, it, because because like I'm talk, like I'm making the discussion now about trauma, and you know it it, it would be a, a you know the traditional guidelines whether you're a licensed social worker or a licensed professional counselor would be you know the the, the trauma the healings of the trauma and, and and sort of approaching it that way, making a statement of the you know the the your response to trauma is in your control actually goes against what traditional therapy says. It's, it's sad in a lot of ways. You're supposed to, you know, allow the healing process, and, and it's a very long, drawn-out type. You know, again, it, I believe that traditional therapy uh, allows people or encourages people, unintentionally, by the way, I'm not trying to bash it, but unintentionally encourages people to remain a victim of their trauma. I, I, I just, there's no other way to say it. it it's, it, it that, well, that, you know, that gets a lot of people upset when I say that. And, it, and, and the therapists aren't bad in doing it. It's just the method of doing it that I think, it, you know, at some point, let's put a period behind it and move forward. Here is today. It is, today is, you know, June 14th. It's uh, 8.18 Eastern time. And at that, what has happened before today is not really relevant. The power of now existing in today. What's going to happen tomorrow? I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. But live today within that. And and if you if you are your trauma, and and you're you're stuck in what's happened over the the, the years, then then you're unintentionally. That's where the law of attraction comes in. You're unintentionally inviting more of the traumatic feelings. Yeah, I can see that. That makes sense. And, and fortunately, most yeah. people don't actually live in major trauma, which is a good thing. Most people, right. most people have not right. even endured major trauma, which is also a good thing. Right. But 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 we do deal right. with minor traumas. I mean, we all have minor traumas that go on in our lives. So sure. the, while the extent of the potential damage and the difficulty of climbing out may not be as great, it's still there. It's still a, a deal. It's a big deal sometimes, and it can be really. A, a big challenge. It's a, it's a big challenge to, right. to make that shift. That shift is based on the inner dialogue, right? So, you know, if, if, if even somebody who's dealing with a minor trauma or, or, or just, you know, just like a bad situation, you know, going on in their lives, maybe they got a really negative person that they're living with or something, 
and you know they're not ready to walk on that person they're trying to make the relationship work but nevertheless they're still dealing with the negativity or you know something isn't working out right at, at work and and they're not happy with the, their coworkers, or they're not happy with their boss or you know whatever it might be there are lots of things that go on like that on a daily basis and yet so often we don't really stick to our resolutions to change our thought patterns about that we we continue to look at you know, what is the reality of what is and, and react to that all the time rather than changing our thought process. I guess my point is that's not, no matter what your level of trauma is, whether it's a high level, low level, whatever, that's not, that's not an easy thing to do. It's, it's just not easy to make that shift. How do you begin? Where do you start right. when, you, when you find that even though you've been doing affirmations or you've been doing daily exercises of various kinds or whatever, most of your day, you're still focused on the bad crap. What do you do? Absolutely. Well, and, and that that and that becomes you know the, how do you get yourself unstuck? What 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 is that? And to me, you know, I look at the practical side of what is taking place when you're when you're interviewing someone who is who could be stuck in a trauma or stuck in a uh, you know what has happened to them. Uh, I'll use an example of a gentleman I'm working with right now. He's an attorney that lost his job. Uh, he, he's, he's depressed. He's sleeping all day. He was, and th there, there's some things that he needs to do, obviously, but he has, has been, he's accepted his role and, and I've, I've lost everything and I have nothing to move forward. So what, what we started doing was let's take the practical application. How is the, the living of the trauma manif man manifesting at this point? What's it looking like? Well, I get frustrated with my day and I go right back to bed and I sleep all day and I'm not getting anything done. So we're going to get up tomorrow and we're going to, we're going to, we're going to tackle one thing. What are we going to have to do to start getting employed? Who are you going to work with? What cases are you going to take? What kind of law do you want to practice? So we start with the simple solution. The, the most obvious solution here is we got to get out of bed. Before <laughs> we do anything, we got to get out of bed. Mm. So we start with the, the, the obvious, the simple. And then once you have that victory, and he, this is how it unfolded for him perfectly. The day after we met, he had, uh, uh, he jumped out of bed when the alarm went off at 6 a.m. We, I, I had him read, uh, the book, the five second rule. Uh, it, it talks about taking action and, and not overthinking and getting out of bed. He listened to that great book, by the way. Um, and he started moving forward. So victory number one was getting out of bed. It sounds silly, but that starts a process. Victory number two, he got dressed, he shaved, he got ready to go. Then he has some action to take. Uh, he, he needs to do, he has, you know, a lot of paperwork and a lot of stuff he has to get done that he's been procrastinating on. So a lot of it is tax-related stuff. Bundle your stuff up and take it to an accountant. Let's just do that. He was reluctant to do it. He was going to be embarrassed to face the accountant with everything that was happening. Didn't matter. The accountant's opinion didn't matter. The accountant <laughs> has seen much worse. He dropped it off at the accountant. Victory number two, number three there at that point. Mm -hmm. And then you add to the victories of what's happening. So then you start to say, I've changed the behavior that was created by me being stuck in the trauma of losing everything. And now there's a new momentum on that. So I'm able to say, okay, this has happened. So I'm going to grow from this. I had him go to the gym at the end of the day to reinforce his, started moving forward. He had some weight he had to lose. So he goes to the gym, he works out. Uh, he, he starts to feel good then. Then he, 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 his depression is starting to wane because he's taking action. The anxiety is starting to go away. And we create days of success. 
So that's you attack it at the level, and then you then you're able to start using that inner dialogue and say, you know, there is a chance. I'm not defeated. I can move forward. What if I become strengthened by this? What if, you know, to me, I've, I've shared multiple times, probably to the point the audience doesn't want to hear it again, but, you know, going through the, the being homeless, eating out of a trash can, that propelled me to success. Those were traumas that propelled me to success once I allowed them to propel me to success. Mm-hmm. And really what you've done is you've taken the traditional formula, by traditional I mean the traditional law of attraction formula, of you need to change your mental process, and when you change your mental process, your what is will change. You've kind of reversed that and said, let's just change the what is in, in certain ways so that we can be, we can basically give ourselves permission to change our mental process. I mean, if we're so addicted yes. to what with, with what is, and I, I have to respond to what is, then let's change some of the what is so I have something good to respond to. Right, right. And and that that is such an important factor when you look at that because you change – once you change the what is, so to speak, it, it, it you know the, your reality changes. So instead of the fact I am stuck, I have nowhere to go, I, I I can't get out of this. That narrative is not true because I got up today, I took action, I moved forward. So if that narrative isn't true, what's the rest of the stuff that isn't true? Ah. You know, everybody screws up, everybody moves forward. So you're able to change how you're viewing everything. One one of the things that I had a uh, uh, um, one of my he's a good friend and he we have very differing beliefs in a lot of things he's very rigid in his beliefs and he uh, more of a, a traditional uh, trying to come up with a concept more traditional in, in thinking religiously and very Southern Baptist and mm-hmm. fundamentalist again nothing wrong with that that's what worked for him mm-hmm. uh, so what one of my Facebook posts about something was was being open minded he and of course that is the opposite of what he wants to be is, is like, he doesn't believe in being open-minded. He has no problem saying it. Um, and, and as we discuss it, it was funny. Uh, he said, he said, you know, as he said, well, how open-minded should I be? I said, you should just be open-minded to the concept that not everybody shares your beliefs and that people have different truths. And of course, then he goes, Oh boy, different truths. So you're saying there's more than one truth. And my answer is yes, because your truth is based on your perspective. That's what we're talking about here. Your truth is how you see things. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that, you know, the, the color red is the color red, but there's like 85 shades of the color red. I, I know when I had my walls painted that, that just try to go buy a can of white paint. <laughs> it doesn't exist. There, there isn't such thing anymore. <laughs> There's, That's true. <laughs> you, you could take 40 cans of uh, paint and then come put them on your wall and compare them. They don't match. It's, it's, there, there's vibrant white. There's subtle white. There's off-white. There's extra. You know, you can go on forever with that. So, so there isn't such thing as white paint. So that's the truth. It's in our lives we develop these hardcore truths or these lies that we tell ourselves that are are – that I am this, I am, I am stuck with what has been handed down to me. Genetically, I have this, or I was born into poverty, or I was born into, you know, the, the mental illness, or I was born into these other things, and, and you, you accept that. I mean, the, uh, the, the concept of that, that Dr. Bruce Lipton talks about is, you know, our DNA is, is actually programmable to match your situation. 
uh, it, it's always been believed that you were stuck with all that. It, it is not true. Uh, you, you, you look at all of this from a perspective of what we've been given and you, you, you live in that trauma, you live in, I can't get out of it. So when you walk people through the process, all it takes is a few victories to realize what I, what I was believing is not true. So I have to question everything I'm believing about myself. Then there's new opportunities for new thought. Yeah, very true. And, and by the way, the, uh, the, the point that you made, well, the two things that, that I'm going to tie together, one, I'm going to kind of pick on you a little bit, um, but it's something that I do just as well, and most people do, I think. You said that uh, we all kind of screw up at times, and I think that's true. We all do kind of screw up at times. But I also want to point out that Abraham Hicks likes to, to say, you can't get it wrong and you'll never get it done, which I like, to, I like, that to me is too negative a statement. I like to make it more positive. So I say, you always get it right and the road goes on forever. And that's a different way of looking at the same thing. I mean, yes, we make mistakes, but on the other hand, we never really get it wrong. We always get it right. Everything that we do is right. Well, we're yeah. looking for we're looking for our better right, the right that the, the, the thing that's more right for each one of us, and that can be different from one person to the next. Just as you know, sure. what, what is right for your Southern Baptist friend might be different from, say, me, who's not at all a Southern Baptist friend. Right, right, and and is there such thing as a Northern Baptist? Just putting that out there, I, I they, don't know. I don't um, think they're called that. I think they're just called American Baptist, Baptist or Baptist. But yeah, they they do have Baptists up here. In fact, my wife was. Uh, born from parents who were a, father, a Jewish father and a Baptist mother. So there you go. Okay. Well, that's pretty awesome. Uh, <laughs> so we, we, you know, at, you know, as as we look at all of this, and like you're saying, you know, and, and I know you had another point, but I wanted to touch on that. Yeah. You know, everything when you're dealing with people, and you got, and you know, we were talking about what perspective are we dealing with people that are stuck. The, the message you just delivered is absolutely correct. You know, everything happens and we're going to, we're going to, it's going to eventually the GPS will correct us where we're going. So there is really no mistakes. It's just part of the journey. It's part of your journey. And, you know, I, I, and, and that's how I believe. I truly do. Mm-hmm. However, the, the piece of this that I think that we, we, when you're dealing with somebody on the level that we're talking about, they can't comprehend that. So here, making the statement, yeah, we all screw up, we all move forward. But then you, then you use that ability, like me eating out of a trash can and my addiction leading me to a bottom. It, it, it's certainly not something I'm proud of, but it was a necessary part of my journey that later fill the blank fills in and makes sense. You know, mm-hmm. we talked about that before, mm-hmm. and 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 so, you know, the the, the verbiage in the beginning is people they're not going to understand that. You know, they don't want to hear. Oh, trust me, one day, this isn't a mistake. This isn't a big deal. It's great. It's, it's part of your journey. They're going to be like, I'm going to shoot you if I get a gun. Just leave me alone. <laughs> you know, they, yeah, right. they, they, can't, they can't hear that early. Mm. And that's really important to understand. Which means that you know? there are limitations to what we can perceive depending on where we are at, emotionally speaking. Yes. And that, and that's why I, I start with the method of doing full circle here. I, that's why I start with the method of, of helping them see it differently. If, if the most overwhelming person in the world that is debilitated by fear and anxiety and, and depression, uh, I start with them by simply giving them a little victory. That's all. Mm-hmm. Period. Yeah. I give them a little victory, and that's all we need to do. 
That's what works. That's the change. That, yes. that, that's where all of a sudden they're not stuck anymore. They, they may not have all of their issues resolved, but they're no longer stuck. Right. It, 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 it gets movement. If you're, if, if, you know, I always, always say if you have something that's really stuck, if you're trying to get a, um, something, a, a piece of machinery that's stuck or, you know, sometimes you have to move it back and forth just to get some movement. Mm-hmm. It takes some movement. And then once you have movement, then the thing comes loose. Then you get things loose. And, and it, you have to start with the movement from a position of total defeat or total devastation or total trauma to, you're being traumatized to an extreme level of defeat. And you get movement. I cannot do these things. Well, once you show them you can get up, you can shower, you can shave, you can do, you can mail a letter. You know, one of the things I had to do, uh, as simple as, as this sounds, um, I, I, it sounds it's so funny. Uh, I had this guy and I, I, I was having a, a, a really difficult time uh, getting any movement for him. And all. So I, I, I said, hey, can you do me a favor? And, uh, and he said, yeah. So I had, a, I had a letter. I wrote a letter basically and put a friend's address on it. And I said, look, I got to go. I'm, I'm leaving right now. I don't have time to run the mailbox. Will you drop this in the mailbox for me for a friend? And he's like, you know, you can't do that. So look, you, you live, he lived, then the point is he lived right next door to a post office. So that was my end. <laughs> I got you. So, so he said, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. Well, the, the, there was nothing in the envelope. It was, I told a friend, I, you're going to be getting a, a, a blank letter from me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was, that was, the point was, I needed him to do something. Ah. And so he, did, he didn't realize that I was going to use that. As, so uh, next day I gave him a call. and said, hey, did you remember to mail that letter? Yeah, I said, I dropped off. So he left. Oh, wow. I said, that's great. I said, remember you didn't think you could do anything? You you did that for me. I said, so I need you to mail. He had a piece of, and we started, he had to mail some stuff in for some, you know, business stuff. And I said, so you did that. Can you put the paper you have to send in to your company in an envelope and then mail it? Mm. He goes, yeah. And this is how he's going to get, he was, you know, he was dealing with some depression. He was going to go on just long-term disability. So he filled out that paper and he mailed it that day. So now we started something, something, a whole chain of events that he, you know, it started by me asking him to do, he did it for me as a favor. Well, it was a, it was like getting him the movement he needed, that tiny movement. He didn't go out of his way at all to mail that letter. He didn't really do anything except mentally it broke the pattern of he's totally can't do anything. And so that, that helped. And now he filled that letter. So once he got that sent off, then he started, we gained momentum. I said, okay, let's, what are you doing right now? And, and so I, we, we start, I added like three things that day to do. Well, he completed four or five things that day. And he called me and said, I feel great. I, I, uh-huh. I, I really start, I understand. And that's how you meet them where they're at. You don't just tell somebody, oh, all you got to do is change your inner dialogue. Because it, 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 they have no point of reference of what that means. You got to give them something tangible to work with. Uh, and, and when they feel a victory, when, and so getting people to look at the, what's causing where they're at, see, seeing, you know, the, the, the idea that, uh, you know, the, one of the, the ladies that I've, uh, when I was working at a treatment center, uh, 
she was coming to some of our groups and, and she had some horrible events happen in her life. And she couldn't even share without crying. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, and I related to her so much and I had a great empathy for her is she, is she had lost her daughter many, many years before. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it was, you know, like in 1978 or something. Mm-hmm. And, but it was still raw for her. Yeah. And if she had become that, that was her thing. And, 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 and she had other things that happened and, and I, and she got to, a, and, and you can't say, well, you know, because you've lived in this, all you've done is invite more of that your entire life. That's why you're, but uh, you know, that, that would sound too harsh to accept in the beginning. But we walked through that. We walked through that process together. We we uh, we we got her to understand that she's unintentionally invited all this stuff into her life, mm-hmm. and and it it's something that she was able to, to to you know sort of put a period behind that. She'll never, obviously, as I won't, you know, that there will be a, a, an always a reminder of losing a child. But you don't have to be defeated by that, and. So you, you, when you become your trauma, you get lost in your trauma. You can't see the lens that you're viewing the world through is trauma-based lens. So everything has your trauma filters everything. When you use the law of attraction lens of let's find the positive, let's mail that letter, let's, let's get up and, and walk. You know, I had a lady that, that was trying to lose a ton of weight. She was very overweight. And we literally started by her walking two times around her living room. Mm. That was our first day, mm. two times around the living room. And then, you know, we, after we got to 10 times around the living room, she would walk out the driveway to the end and back. Within six months, she's walking four miles every day and her. weights falling off of her. And then she, then she gets momentum going. Then she's not this, uh, you know, uh, Oh, morbidly obese. Those were her words. I'm not this morbidly obese creature that can't lose weight because I've lost 60 pounds at that point. Then she mm. kept going and going and going. The momentum moved forward, the trauma of all that. But it, it, it is about just that inner dialogue. It's what we really believe. And, and there are various truths for various people because your truth is based on your experience. I, I, I mentioned a few weeks ago a doctor friend of mine that told me the law of attraction is not real and it doesn't work. Right. I remember you and talking I about that. Immediately called, yeah, I immediately called him out and I said, no, I said, you know, I normally would let any statement like that go, but I want to, it absolutely works for me factually. You cannot tell me it doesn't work. It factually works for me. I live it. It changed my life. And then he fell right into, unintentionally fell right into my, my belief system by going, Joel, the only reason it worked for you is you believe it worked for you. And I go, exactly. <laughs> By the way, I shared that That's story. That's a million dollars. Because oh, I, had a book, I had a book signing for our book this past Tuesday. And it was oh, uh, it was actually at the uh, uh, the Buttonwood Theater in Middletown where Anne-Marie and Mike, two of the co-authors, have this uh, alternative cultural arts center. They invited me in to do a book signing. And I said, that's a good idea. Let's go do that. And, and I went, and there were about 10 people total who were there, and we sold six books, which was great. Um, but uh, during the conversations, we were sharing all these law of attraction stories, and I was sharing some of my experiences with both podcasts and so forth. And one of the things that came up was that story. I shared that story with people, and they were just the, the smiles. You should have seen the smiles on people's faces when they saw it, when they heard that particular story, because everybody who understands law of attraction 
has had that conversation in one form or another. And the answer you gave to him was exactly perfect. Of course, it's about belief. Yeah, yeah, it, it and and that and that's the, that's the piece that I, I I hear time and time again. It it's just it works. It works because you believe. Yes, that's that's sort of the you you just defined the law of attraction for me. Thank you. You gave me my <laughs> own definition. Uh, it works because I believe it works. The the uh, so much works because you believe it works. You exactly. It, it also doesn't work when you don't believe it doesn't work. It's because it's not that it's not working. It's feeding you what you're believing and what you're feeling. And if you're cursed, you're cursed. It's just. And I've met some people that that the limitless people that that have said, "Oh God, everything goes wrong for me." And I'm like, "Yes, it does. It <laughs> certainly does because you believe it goes wrong for you. It's not." It's not that it's going wrong. It's just it, it really is happening. And on both sides of that equation, that's what happens. So I'm I'm excited when I'm able to share that. And, and, and that inner dialogue, it is the catalyst. It is the driving force of the law of attraction. It, it is where your control exists in the law of attraction. Because even though the law of attraction picks up on emotional vibration, which is where what you're feeling is what you're, you're really attracting, but you program what you're feeling by your thoughts. If you, if today sucks, today sucks. If today's great, today's great. And you, you tell yourself what is going on. And if it is that, you know, one of my other clients a few days ago, he, he had, uh, he had an appointment with me at 9 a.m. I believe it was Monday. And he called, his wife called and, and said, uh, you know, he, he, his truck broke down. He's not going to be there, and he's having he's just having a he's he's very angry. And so I texted him to look, we'll reschedule the appointment. Don't run your whole day over this. It's your truck broke down. And so he texted back, well, no, I mean, about things getting better, and it automatically goes back. And the and he just went on this this rant about how bad things were mm. and how it's like. And so he, you know, it pretty much ruined his day. And then we talked the next day and, and his appointment was, was yesterday. And uh, so he, I said, yeah, you, you ruined an entire day and over your trite breaking down. And the funny part was, he said, and he said, yeah. And he said, when, when I finally quit having my meltdown, I felt feeling sorry for myself. It was a loose battery cable. He said, it's something that could have been fixed in, 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 in two seconds, he said, but I was such a, I was in such frustration. And he said, I, 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 I and he said, I see where I created all that. And he said, if I would have remained calm and not lost it, I could have just tightened the battery cable, opened the hood. He, he said, I don't know anything about cars, but I could have realized the battery cable was loose and, and tighten it down and, and be gone. Mm, and that's, yeah. that's, you, you, you see that. Because how many times does it happen where, where something happens and then there's a spiraling effect and this awfulizing where we take everything to the worst possible conclusion right. and screw it, my life's over, it doesn't matter. And your battery cable's loose. I mean, yeah. or something equally benign. Yeah. And and that is the that is the, the, the piece that I I just find fascinating that human nature, you know, they t it takes us to that. When that inner dialogue, when you learn to control let me walk through this. Let me take a deep breath. Let me, let me process this. And, you know, my life is great. I am, my truck breaking down is not going to dictate my day. Something benign is not going to take my day. I've, I've, I used to have 
you know, one of we, we laughed over the years because one of my nemesis in life has been Comcast. Um, That's right. And <laughs> when I would when I would call Comcast, you know, for a long time, I would call and and oh my goodness, it was always a battle, and and and, and I and, and I was anticipating a battle, and I'd be on the phone forever. So and then when one. I changed my strategy yeah. with, yeah, I changed my strategy. And, and I, would, I would, first thing I'd tell the lady, I said, you know, I'm not frustrated with you. Uh, I'm appreciative you answered my call. And I, I, and I was very nice. I got so much done. I had so much better response from them. I anticipated a good call. I never had another long call. Now I don't even have cable. I just had their internet service. So I never need to call them. I mean, it's just a real <laughs> simple thing. Um, but it, it, it's such a, a, a blessing when you learn to control that your inner dialogue and what you're anticipating. If today's going to be a bad day, it's guaranteed to be a bad day. If that's what your inner dialogue is, it, you know, Monday sucks. Well, Monday sucks because you believe Monday. So I've had the, some of the best days of my life on Monday. Mm. Uh, I love how Monday feels. It's a new start. And, you know, I, I've always traditionally, and, and I really believe this. I've some of my, I, I have some of the best stories of Friday the 13th being great days for me. Every <laughs> Friday the 13th, I look forward to It's a great day. Exactly. It is. By the way, I love the stories you've been telling. I, I love the story about the attorney who you basically helped him get off his stuck spot just by doing some basic tasks and got better and better until he finally felt like he was back in control. And you have the uh, the overweight woman who didn't feel like she could do anything to lose weight and you had her take a lap and then get out in the driveway and then get out and do some walking until she's walking uh, 60 pounds off her. And, and I mean, all your stories that you're, you're telling, you're basically using that same technique you described about how you just take certain kinds of action to shift the what is and change the perspective. And it makes me think it's really not all that different from training. I mean, you get a new job and you go into the job the first day and somebody the, the, uh, the person you report to uh, put you with somebody who's going to train you on how that particular company does whatever it is that you're doing. And so you, you're learning not only the job, but how to apply your skills to that job. And, and you're, you're learning to do it the same way because that's what training is, right? You, you basically go in and you say, okay, every time that A happens, we do B. Every time that B happens, we do C. Every time that C happens, we do D. That's training. And you repeat that behavior over and over and over again. Whereas if you go into a company that doesn't do training very well, they say, well, Okay, whenever A happens, we do B, except if it's in conditions 1, 2, or 3, in which case we go to E, in which case we connect E to Z, and Z becomes N, under which case P is also R. There's no training effect there. Right. In fact, all there is is just plain confusion. You're providing basic right. training, the basic concept of training. I don't mean military training. I mean the basic concept of training to how you get unstuck. I think that's brilliant. Well, and, and that, that, that's what people respond to because their inner dialogue is telling them they cannot be successful. They cannot have any victory. It, life has defeated them. So when, I, when something happens that they're able to see, wait a minute, that's not true. My inner dialogue that I've been telling myself is wrong. So that opens the door to a new inner dialogue. Of well, I can do you know, and I, and I don't mind you know. I don't expect them to go from I can't do anything to I can you know go defeat the world. I can't accept that. They they can't believe that themselves. But when they do open the door, well, maybe my dialogue of I cannot do anything is not accurate. So let's start with my inner dialogue of I can do some things, and then with some things 
the more some things you do, I can do most things. And then, you know, you, you are able to grow with that. Then your, your, your reality changes and how you feel about things change. And that's the power of, that's where you're transmitting the inner dialogue to the subconscious where it affects your emotions. You know, when you wake up and you feel great about a Monday, that is training your inner dialogue to believe Mondays are great. Back in my, in, in the middle of my addiction and when I was, just month, Sunday nights used to be the worst night of my life because I had to go into work at a job where I was, I was, I was just overwhelmed with anxiety and stress. I most, most Monday, I dreaded Sunday nights. I hated Sunday nights. I, I hated Monday so bad. I hated Sundays because it, it, it was Sunday was a day touching Monday. It was, it was, I dreaded it. And <laughs> it was touching Monday. And, and, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean that—that's you know you really hate Mondays when you when you get to a point you so bad that it, it moves over into Sunday. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It. Uh, and, that, and we've all been and, there. And, we've all experienced that. Oh yeah, and and, and I, I remember I, I can remember Sundays would fly by, and I'm going, oh my god, it's going to be you know, and, and at nine o'clock at night on Sunday, I'm just miserable because what's going to happen? I was anticipating, and sure enough, almost every Monday I would come home with a migraine headache stress filled i would just uh, it, it was it was just like living in hell right uh versus today i love mondays this is it's it's i know it's technically not the start of the week but it's the start of the work week it's where i get action done it's where things happen the banks are open things are open everybody's open for business it's great mondays are all, i love mondays it, it has to be the most productive day of the week it seems like it to me uh, <laughs> and 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 so i've reframed my mondays and and love them and that took place by an inner dialogue of looking at facts. And that's, that's how you change where you're at. Look at, you know, what are your beliefs now? What is, what is defeating you? And, and challenge that belief. I can't do. Well, first of all, anything you start with, I can't do, you're, you're wrong. There, there's something you can do in that. Or I'm, I'm, I'm a loser. Well, maybe you have been a loser. But at this point, you're only a loser because your inner dialogue is telling you you are. Yeah, that that's a big deal right there. I mean, we we've been talking a lot about how you help uh clients and and we do that cuz you work with clients regularly. So you get lots of good stories that way. Um but in in all those cases you're walking them through it. You're you're basically providing the training for them. If we right. have listeners most of our listeners probably are not currently working with a life coach or a therapist or whatever, but I think virtually everybody wants to improve. We want to get ourselves unstuck from the stuff that we're stuck on. We want we want to achieve the goals we want to reach. We want to track the stuff we want into our lives. We want to have that that big income and that uh, that beautiful house and the great relationship and the stellar health and all that other stuff. Well, if you're trying to do it yourself, how do you train yourself? How do you what what process well, do you use to 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 apply the same thing to yourself if you don't have a coach or a, a therapist who's walking you through it? Well, and again, you could do the you you could uh, use the same principles of I need to find a victory. I need to find what can I do. Let me re- turn off my filter of what I can't do, and find one thing I can do. It, it could be simple as washing the dishes. It could be cleaning the kitchen, taking the garbage out, just looking at a, at something you did and starting there. If you have a you know the the the, the What's the saying? You know, what's the best way to eat an elephant one bite at a time? One bite at a time. Well, yeah. It's, yeah. How are we going to do this? We're going to start with the simplest, most mundane task: uh, make your bed, get a shower, whatever it is. Do something, and then, then, then remind. I did that. 
What is step two? It's what do something else, anything that uh, allows you to start looking at yourself with a different set of eyes. Changing your lens is about, and I can't, and, and, and people, you know, again, the awful life, well, Joel, there's no way me washing my dishes will, will, will get, my, get me a job. Well, no, you're right. Washing your dishes has nothing to do with getting you a job. What it will do, though, is it will give you a perception that you can take action, you can do something, and when the dishes are done, there's a feeling of accomplishment, and then you, you feel that emotion. You say, I did that. As simple as it is, I did that. So now I can go online and look at jobs. Now I can fill out applications. It, 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 you can use anything to pivot, any success to pivot to the next level. And that's and it and maybe it's too quick to go from from washing dishes to applying for a job, but but get four or five of those little victories underway. Make your bed, get your house cleaned up, uh, you know, whatever you need to do to to show something moving forward. So again, figuring out ways to do self care or or you know taking care of the most basic things can be launching pads for great things because it does allow you a belief to change your inner dialogue because you have no evidence that you can do anything. So when you have something that actually goes directly against that, that false belief or that inner dialogue, you can't do anything. You now have evidence that that's wrong. And now you can start feeling different and that's where you're able to change the inner dialogue. And, and it, it can, a spiral downward can always have the equal spiral upward. Very good point. So, so now that we've worked to this point in the discussion, we, we, we've, we've explored how you've helped people in uh, clinical situations, uh, overcome difficulties, get themselves unstuck and so forth. And now we've taken it to what individuals can do in their own lives. Let's now take it to what I see an awful lot on, on social media, Facebook, uh, law of attraction groups and so forth. The, the most common kind of post that I see from people looking for help always has the same basic formula to it. The, the different things they're asking for help about are different, but the formula is the same. I've tried doing this. I've tried uh, doing affirmations. I've tried uh, you know, doing, I don't know, mirror work, or I've done the 555 uh, thing, or you know, I've tried these different modalities, and I'm still not attracting what I want. I'm still not bringing what I want into my life. What do I do? Well, it, and, and that, and that, that's where it gets, you know, if you have the ability to get a coach or continue, that, that's where it really helps to have someone to get into specifics. But let's say that's not even possible. Again, that we, we keep breaking it down. You have to keep breaking it down. There's an acceptance or an understanding that the law of attraction is fact. It's working. It, 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 or, and it's working for you or against you. It doesn't care. It's just putting out there. So on the most basic level, this is where it does, to, whether it's journaling or talking with a friend or whoever, what is it that's, what emotion are you putting out there that you keep getting? You know, it, we, we, I, I'll use money because it tends to be the most common, that in mm -hmm. relationships. So let's sure. start with money. Okay. Uh, you know, money, I, I, I have to pay these bills. I have to do this. I'm, I want to attract more money. I'm desperate to have more money. It's the most important thing in my life is I have to have more money. Well, that's what a lot of people think the law of attraction is. I believe that I want to have more money because I have to so bad. If I don't have it, it's just not going to, 
Well, it, it, it's not, that's the opposite. Mm. You're, 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 again, the emotion attracting to that is desperation. That's what is picked up on. It's the emotion. It's not the thought. The inner dialogue can help with the emotion, but it, it's not what you're putting out there. If you, this is the hard part that Abraham Hicks does a really good job of, and in, in, in somewhere, I think The Secret does a pretty good job of this too on some level, uh, of you got to believe, you got to feel an abundance. You got to feel, you got to take that desper- desperation out. So most of the time, what is the resistance that I'm putting up? And you don't, I'm not putting up any resistance. Well, that statement alone is resistance because you, <laughs> you, you, you know, you, you have to be willing to look at, you know, what emotion am I putting out there to get what is appearing? I've tried all of these things and it's just not working. So it's either the law of attraction doesn't apply to you or you still aren't figuring out how to get the emotions to match what you're trying to, and that's almost always the case. Uh, relationships, I, 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 I find that to be one of the more baffling ones that people deal with because it's such a, they become so desperate for someone. And, you know, when you sign up for 15 different dating websites and, and you're, you're, you know, you're not putting out there that what you're wanting, you're, you're putting out, again, desperation. You're putting out, and, and people pick up on that desperation, and that's why dating relationships seldom work when you're desperate to have a partner, because mm-hmm. you're trying to force a partner instead of attracting a partner right. that, that is going to be meeting where you need to be at. It's that same process of you walk through it, and, tr- and, and again, this is where a coach helps a lot to help you. It's hard to see it yourself, but you can do it by just doing an inventory of what, how do I feel right now? I feel anxiety. What am I anxious about? Because I'm putting out that anxiety, which is the emotion that is being picked up on. So if I'm believing it's not working, or I'm, and I obviously have a negative, how do I adjust the emotion that I'm putting out there? And you do that through, again, uh, it, it's a, this is where it becomes hard if you allow it to be hard. Mm. Uh, because you're, you're fighting against yourself in that. That's where that resistance comes in. And I've also found, for myself anyway, that, my pattern, I think just about everybody's pattern is even when I try to do the affirmations or, you know, okay, I, I'm feeling good. I'm getting myself into a good feeling place. And this is what I, I want to attract. After I've done my affirmations, then I go back into my default mode for the rest of the day. And that right. can't work. I mean, if, if we're using these modalities, these little practices in order to give ourselves a kickstart to shift our, our, our emotional set point, to get it, to get us into a place where we're rarely feeling better and thinking better and, and, and taking better perspectives, that's when they're really useful. But if all we're doing is just doing them and then going back into our old habits, it, all we did is just do them for a small percentage of our day. The rest of our day, we're putting out the same old signal. And that's what happens to most people. It isn't an understanding of, of it isn't about the affirmations. The affirmations can be a tool, but they have to be used throughout the day. They ha- you have to have emotional checks to see what energy I'm putting out through the day. And how do I change that if it's not a positive or, or a non-anxiety based emotion? You know, I mean, you, you, I have to have a, I need to put out loving abundance and and i get loving abundance back and that's that affirmations can help you begin that but maintaining it through the day can't i know we're quickly running out of time we are great topic today oh it's been great yeah and i love doing it and i I can't wait to do it again with you next week all right well great to talk to you my friend and we'll see you all next time here on loa today goodbye everybody 